talk about revolution That's going a little bit too far So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Hello, and welcome once again to More Like the Worst Wing, the podcast where me, Stu, and me, Dave, take to task Aaron Sorkin's seminal early 2000s TV show, The West Wing, uh, (laughs) approaching these kind of hallowed TV episodes from a leftist perspective in the year of our Lord, now 2019. Today's episode... Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics is episode 21 of the first season. Um, We are rapidly closing out the first season. I believe our next episode will be the finale. Correct. Yeah, we're uh, we're right there. Um, So it's interesting that this episode that is so finale adjacent um, doesn't really have a lot going on that's exciting or interesting, really. Well... Yeah, and I think you have made a very astute observation in that the serialization stuff and the sort of broader topic that needed to be addressed in multiple episodes happened between two and five episodes ago. Right. And now it's just like, yeah, it's now we have this blank spot here. Yeah, it's this weird thing where they brought in all this finale stuff to kind of like build up the 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 incoming attack and Zoe and Charlie and all this tension and then they kind of let it cool down for a while and then it it's all going to come back with a crashing you know conclusion next week yeah. um but yeah it's a, it's an odd, I guess it's sort of a sweeps based decision of like we got to save the good stuff for sweeps <laughs> well, like, that's I, what I, I hear for. some executives saying that <laughs> Yeah, well, and that's what I was looking for when I said um, maybe like they just focus grouped that decision and were like, oh, yep, we're going to do that instead. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Bunch of people in rooms turning dials. Yeah. Yeah, Ralph crying <laughs> as, he, <laughs> as he turns the dial <laughs> to no. There's a guy that loves the Speedo, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, Simpsons. <laughs> so um, anyway, this episode uh, continues a couple storylines from the last one and brings back um, a... A uh, person we haven't heard from in some 10 episodes, Sam's love interest, Lori. Yeah, Lori comes careening out of nowhere to, to come back into the plot. And I really like the bit um, with with Sam and Lori and everything. It's exciting and tenser than, than everything else in the episode. It gets its own special music when it happens. You know, like it's a it's it's sort of an action scene almost. Yeah, and almost definitely... Uh, probably the closest thing to that that we've seen since, frankly, Mandy crashed her car into the curb. <laughs> oh, Mandy. She gets no screen time in this episode. I'm pretty sure she gets no screen time in the ne- next one, so I think, I think we have already seen the last of Mandy, and she's, bu- Mandy. she's boarded her bus to Mandyville. I will, I will provide a brief correction. She gets one line in this episode, and it's like, oh. let's get rolling or something, because oh, she I takes the directive forgotten. from Sam... To start the polling. <laughs> right, that's right. Okay, she's hanging out in the polling room, uh, yes, where a truly. lot of the weaker moments happen, where <laughs> Josh goes full debate me <laughs> to, uh, oh to Joey God. Lucas. So, we're, we're talking about the episode is titled um, Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics, and the statistics right. portion of this centers around what I thought was a super fucking bizarre choice of, I, I guess, primary dramatic pacing? Mm-hmm. In this episode, which is based around the White House's just absolute conviction that they must establish that whatever they're doing and press releasing and whatever is leading to an improvement 
in the president's job approval rating. Right. So basically, we want to check to see that now that we've let Bartlett be Bartlett, the Bartletting is polling well, essentially. Yes. yes. Has, has Bartletting Has, has the Bartletting gone well? <laughs> yes. So, well, and, and it's all structured out from sort of even the introduction to the scene. They, they sit down and they're like, oh, God, do we want to do this? Like, what's going to be the result? What do you right. think the result is? And they pull right. the room and everyone's like, ah, you know, we're going to lose hold four steady. Or hold steady. Yeah. Or, and then what the the reason that I bring this up is that I thought it was a little disappointing that the actual interesting dramatic elements of this episode are framed from the outset by CJ's reaction to this polling because she is presenting the idea of doing it. She is championing what needs to be done. She mm-hmm. has crafted the questions correctly and the rest of the staff is very dismissive and like deliberately dismissive of her perceptive like her i guess like her predictions as well as her perception of how the poll is going to go Mm -hmm. yeah um which i kind of wanted to devote a whole segment to to that um or not a whole segment but at least some time to Yes. Yeah. So she, before we get into that, let's yeah. Let's, so let's I, not I just want to talk a little bit more it. about. Let's just, the, we'll we'll bring we'll get more into that later. Yeah, so a little on. bit more about the the polling thing. And again, I, I don't fucking know if it's I'm I'm 2019 brain here or whatever. Mm-hmm. But especially following on to the 2016 election and honestly our day to day media saturated lives mm-hmm. these days. Who fucking cares about a right. poll? <laughs> right. I was. I'm. Yeah. It's Holy just, shit! Like polls should be polls at this point are just go constantly in the background. They become the background noise of politics. And until an election happens, no one really gives a shit about polling. You know, and we only give a shit about polling in so far in that we hope it can predict an election. Um, yeah. But and yeah. It almost... So this is very Clintonian, I want to say, because the Clinton White House was obsessed with polling. Uh, and so I guess this is what, um, you know, they famously, the West Wing would hire ve- former Clinton people to come in and be advisors or even writers, outright writers for the show. And I'm sure that they were bringing in this idea of like, hey, we, you know, we poll all the time. Polling's really big to us. We should probably do an episode where we, we where we deal with a big, serious poll. But like, it, like you said, it's just this, like, and then by the end of the episode, the president has the the correct reaction which is like okay well that's great what's next <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like even even transcending the uh, the catchphrase of what's next it's like right oh, okay yeah yeah right. okay and oh. so this it's funny you mentioned kind of like the clintonian aspect of it because um as a as a person who has done work in biostatistics and you know kind of peeling off from the t- topic or the the episode title here it's so weird to see um, the data that polls generate mm-hmm. and has and has been frankly venerated amongst an entire class of pundits since Absolutely. since the Clinton administration. Honestly, Absolutely. like Obama got just uh, plaudits from everybody for having such a data driven campaign, yeah. and then you know Robbie fucking Mook was like just the Clinton like we got to hammer all this data home. And here's the thing, motherfuckers. Polling data is meaningless. Right. Like from a from a hard science. You can make like it tell you whatever you want to. Whatever. Yeah. Make it tell you. You know. And and even the even the conditions under which it is acquired 
are mm-hmm. complete horseshit. Mm-hmm. And you know, so sure, you can go the way, which again is a is a cottage industry that's just sprung up around it. You can go the way of the five thirty eights of the world and the Nate Sil- Silvers and say, well, technically, we can describe each individual poll, regardless of its bias, as long as we correct for that as a data point. So then you're meta polling, right? Which uh, honestly, polling almost, the polls, yeah, like polling a poll, and it's just it all gets lost, and you have. Again, like I said, it's like a cottage industry of people just looking to divine direction right. and yeah, narratives. Yeah, you can just create these numbers and you can make them tell you whatever you want them to if you torture the data enough. You know, it's and it's something that very smart people are very easily capable of doing, and it's kind of become this this plague of like, you know, it's not that we can't trust data and can't trust science, but it's that you know it can be so easily manipulated by someone with an agenda yeah, or if you have um or even without an trust, agenda you know you, even you just with pure incompetence yeah. yeah you know so, it's, never assume malice when incompetence you know kind of thing <laughs> as well of like sometimes we just read shit wrong in fact a lot of time we do you know the 2016 election yeah and like that would again going back to like a statistics thing it's like all those biases just it's impossible to accurately control for something like this where it's, and you know, I'll have a bunch of, actually I won't have anybody emailing us because nobody emails us, but like a bunch of social <laughs> scientists would be blown up about being, Oh, you know, we can, you know, we can reliably predict this stuff and great. I understand. But at the end of the day, in terms of the, the rigor under which a poll, especially something about like job approval <laughs> is mm-hmm. conducted, the, the actual conclusions that can be drawn from it are frankly, whatever you want. You know what? Right. At that point, it's almost performative. Right. So, um, and they so use I, this I as feel... a dramatic device in the episode. Like it's like, oh my right. god, we've been polling for six hours. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The the actual like television treatment of the poll itself is just bizarre and weird all <laughs> over the place. It's where a... you know it's this dark call center thing and like. Well, and it's almost it. It feels like it's sort of trying to riff on the the motif of the telethon. From you know, m- from movies in in certain places like, yeah, like the like, Hollywood like eyes. you know, oh, it's an up all you know, we're gonna be up all night, you know. Exactly, we're like, taking your burning the midnight oil kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's it. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's a definitely Sam be, tries to yeah. sell it a little with like, oh, it's so hard. We only get one out of four responses and stuff, which of course <laughs> is true. It's probably much even less nowadays now that everyone can screen their calls. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I. But I yeah. Just, in, in terms of the other interesting things that actually do happen in this episode, the mm-hmm. like the everything being structured around the task of the poll seemed like a bizarre choice other than to be like, we're going to get from point A, which is the beginning of the episode, to, to point to B, which end. is the conclusion. Right. Like, okay, uh, great. That'll, that's yeah. going to happen anyway. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird to be sort of like a main plot, essentially, and to be given this much narrative weight behind it. And yeah. uh, and all that, but I guess it's more an excuse to clash Joey and Josh together, and to yep. like you and said, to... kind of get this telethon spirit, and and that's what they were clearly going for, I guess. It just yeah. doesn't. I don't think it comes through. Well, and it's also ham-fisted, which I can't stand. Like there are so mm. many things that actually, frankly, is are well written in this show that are quite subtle and give you the opportunity to think about them. And this is one of them that's just like slapping you in the face, being like, "Holy shit." It's right. so dramatic. Like, right. Ugh. 
So, oh. And there are several things that go on within the framework of this story about polling. And mm-hmm. we can kind of, we actually wanted to talk about each of them individually. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let's take a break here and come right back and dig in. Let's do that. So the other narrative thread that runs through the episode is centered around, actually, some good serialization from last time. The uh, fight to get FEC commissioners to vote for some campaign finance. Right. Now they're actually doing something beyond just the symbolic uh, actual (laughs) appointing of them. They're actually trying to get them to do some campaign finance reform. So, hey, bully on you. Uh, A a minor retraction for some of the shit I gave you. You're actually doing something. Congratulations. They do it in like the most strong-armed, glad-handy, (laughs) show-off-y, intimidating way, which the guy calls out, but they do it anyway. So... Yeah, and so I think you're know the fact that like Leo basically just overpowerly like yeah. d- nakedly demonstrates the power of the right. office to the And I want to say it's a very fun scene and uh John Spencer has fun with it and I really like the uh anytime sir by the marine after he does the demonstration <laughs> with the rifle uh really kind of sells it to me like the whole like yeah, we are trying to intimidate you. Yeah. Well, and so and then you know, he takes him into the president's office and he meets these high-level cabinet members. It just members happens to be yeah. having, sharing a drink with the Secretary of the Treasury yeah. <laughs> and the Attorney General. And... Which which is great. It, the My only qualm about that part of it was the guy, the guy acted like he was overwhelmed-ish. You know, because mm. he, he was kind of doing like a flop sweat sure. type of thing. Oh, absolutely. But then yeah. also... He would. He knew what was happening and was trying to like cotton on, right? And act like well, he, it I, wasn't going to work. And I think that's the beauty of it is like he's even though he knew going in that they were going to try to pull this, it still works because like the power of the White House is that is that much in Aaron Sorkin's mind at least. Yeah, I just think of the the guy the guy himself the actor himself. I oh. was trying to find that, and it just it it always kind of wavered on that. Where I mean, it's fine again, minor quibble, but anyway, sure. so. This kicks off this convoluted um, exchange of positions mm-hmm. to get some guy off of the FEC, right? Appointed yeah. to an ambassadorship, right? So, right. And that that yeah. guy ne- then needs to be promoted to a different ambassadorship. It's basically some if you give a mouse a cookie, out. you know, bullshit <laughs> yeah. going on here where you know. It's everything's a complex Rube Goldberg machine of, of vacancies and firings and promotings and, and all that kind of thing. Yeah, and so they eventually, um, and actually this is sort of like an interesting way to close out the non-polling part of the episode where they eventually wind up firing this guy, the ambassador to Bulgaria, because he's having an affair. Mm-hmm. Um, and With the prime minister's daughter. Yes, lovely. Yes. <laughs> Who would those put Bulgarians? That out for the record, good, good. That's some good ambassadoring right there. <laughs> yeah, right, you're establishing relations. Yeah, I mean, in in, in the carnal sense, yeah. in the biblical <laughs> sense. So, and this guy, it's funny because they they very subtly and again pretty well do a thing where Charlie, like, clarifies the name of the guy. Right. A couple times with the president, and the president's like, I'm on to you, motherfucker. You know him, right? Like, you know him? And Charlie's like, no, I don't know him. He's like, no, you know him. (laughs) And then they go in, and it turns out Charlie used to work 
at an a whites only basically club that this guy belonged to <laughs> and calls him out on Which, it and is like yeah uh, it's like, wow, you know, great job, dude. You could have quit at any time. Yeah, there like, were still plenty of these going well up oh, until yeah. the, like the uh, the time period of this episode too. And I'm sure probably a few secret ones still exist somewhere oh, that oh, we just yeah. don't hear about anymore. Like Augusta National, man. Like it might as well be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, but they let Tiger in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. I think my point still stands. Anyway. <laughs> Um, and so like Charlie clowns on him, the guy's like, Hey, I, I won't take that from some lowly aide. Like I'm going to report you to your boss. He's like, he's going to come right back in the room. Cause it's the president. Mm-hmm. So, and then we get this scene that you mentioned, you were kind of peeved about where David Huddleston, the big Lebowski himself yes. shows up as a person with whom the president is reaching across the aisle right oh deal with campaign finance reform yeah and they they have this little back and forth and just go ahead and grab the quote because it's it's we need it okay we agree on nothing max yes sir education guns drugs school prayer gays defense spending taxes you name it we disagree you know why because i'm a lily-livered bleeding heart liberal egghead communist yes sir and I'm a gun-toting, redneck son of a bitch. Yes, you are. We agree on that. We also agree on campaign finance. And, Classic. <laughs> oh, my God. It's one of these things where on my first time watching the show, I was like, wow, that's some really good, clever writing. And, like, this, this is, like, good and interesting and clever. And now it just seems like it's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so, like, if we're going to use a word, it's so fucking puerile. It's yeah, like, this it's this like, is like oh, childish, but, and you know, but we can we can sit here and we can talk, you know, even though we both hate each other's guts. It's like the isn't, motherfucking isn't beer that summit. Noble? It's like the fucking beer summit where it's like mm-hmm. Henry Louis Gates is literally assaulted by a police officer because he's trying to get into his house, but then yeah, they but can we'll sit share down a blue moon and, and uh, have a beer. Yeah, a Miller Light will fix it all. And it's very it's extremely West Wing, right? Yeah. Like this is this is quintessential, yeah. Um, for this, yeah, this is the most like bipartisan compromise, pragmatic centrism bullshit. You know, all the shit that we, the, the whole reason we made this damn podcast is summed up in this little exchange <laughs> right here, in my opinion. Well, and if I if I'm looking at it fairly, it it's like it's like half okay in my mind because all right, sure. great, you can find something that you'd like to work sure. on. Sure, it's together. a noble spirit, you know, like... But we you can, better... Yeah. But, like, I'll... What, what be, are you actually going to accomplish? <laughs> and and also, be goddamned if I'm doing this with you and not trying to get as much out of you because you're already showing your hand. Here. Right. Like, clearly the president has this on his agenda. So what does that give me in terms of leverage in this exchange? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that whole... The whole bit with the with the ambassadors is kind of some funny stuff and whatnot, but the, ultimately, you know, just uh, works out to be they're gonna accomplish some soft money reform ef- effectively mm-hmm. that is uh, relatively unstated, uh, but will improve campaign finance somewhat. Yep. I guess. <laughs> yep. You know, is sort yeah. of what the what what the bottom line of all this is effectively. Yeah, and in this show's parlance, that's a win. You know, right. 
that 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 counts big in the administration's column. right right um <laughs> so let's to to change tax let's talk about cj um okay. so earlier when you brought up uh, the polling thing let's let's get back to that now so she gives her guess about how she thinks the polling's gonna go and her guess is much more optimistic than the rest of the room and Leo chooses to leave it out when he is reporting to the president. When the president asks him, hey, hey what does the room think we're going to do? He's like, oh, I didn't ask him. He's like, yes, you did. Uh, which is nice that he kind of calls him on his bullshit. And then Leo does not chooses to, I don't know if he does it. And this is the whole thing when she brings it up later. Is like, did he do it on purpose? Or is yep. he was he just doing it because like hers was the outlier yeah, one and he, he kind of wanted to exclude otherwise. the outlier kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, so, and then... So what's nice is I start writing in my notes here, like, wow, it's kind of shitty that he leaves out the one woman's opinion, um, because this is sort of a systemic thing of, like, even men who think they have a handle on sexism, like, there's studies out there about how if women uh, speak 33% of the time in a meeting, men think they dominated the conversation. Or, you know, there's lots of, like, passive shitty ways that men can ignore women's input on things, and here's Leo doing one, and thankfully, CJ actually calls him out on it, which is really cool. Yeah, and um, I think I was just literally today just listening to the There's a New Chapo episode out where they talk about uh, Sorkin and his almost pathological need to um, use and write strong women character, quote-unquote strong women characters mm -hmm. that are actually sort of uh, like stalking horses for his pathological misogyny. Right. But this time, and, uh, and to the show's full credit this time around, it actually does a really interesting job of digging in on the real conflict that CJ's experiencing. She's not just like fighting with Danny or, you know, struggling to right. control a rowdy press crew. Or right. It's all yeah, about this, this cuts more to the core of her character. Yeah, absolutely. Of, of being taken seriously in her role. Uh, and it's, it's something she struggled with before. It's something she'll continue to struggle with uh, until she kind of like, this is sort of her arc over the great length of the series, really. Um, and, uh, and then eventually will sort of, like, surpass it when she be becomes chief of staff, spoilers, for season six or <laughs> seven or whatever. When we get there in 2024, we'll let you Well, by that point, you know, at that point, she's, you know, she's confident enough in herself to be able to take on that role. So, clearly, she's, you know, she's gotten over this sort of... But, you know, this is early CJ, and she, you can tell she's still struggling with it a bit. And it's it's just interesting to see. Well, and it's it's aided by the fact that Allison Janney is a spectacular actress and yeah um, yeah you know yeah and she kills it with her with her performance and everything and you know there's I can see the argument of like hey he just excluded the outlier position you know <laughs> and it wasn't intentionally sec uh, intentionally or unintentionally sexism in any way shape or form and that might be the case but you know it's she's still right to call it out yeah and i mean the whole thing with Danny like, is you know she's... you should the president asked, hey, what what were the opinions? And he chose not to give a full and complete answer. Like, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's, again, the, the, the other broader kind of interactions with CJ are people, frankly, challenging her authority mm -hmm. where she is almost, she's uncomfortable yeah, pushing Danny back does it against again. that. Yeah, Danny and, does it again in public, and thankfully she, yeah, she, she quickly calls him tells out. Tells him to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, I mean, she kind of takes it out on uh, Carol, 
a little bit when she a comes little. in. And so I just think it's really, it's interesting. And we had mentioned in episodes past about um, when Sorkin writes a female character that I think it's that he doesn't want to fuck. He puts himself <laughs> in that character's shoes when right. he's writing. And right. so it's, you know, it's 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 uh, certainly not an Ainsley Hayes type character or right. um, anything with CJ, but it's actually, again, to this particular arc of her character's credit, it was, I think it's subtly written and well done, yes. at least in regards to her finding yeah. her place. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot subtler and better than we're going to get with some stuff later on in this show. Uh, and to give Sorkin some credit, most of that happens in the post-Sorkin years, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's good stuff. It's... And like you said, I, I think a lot of credit just goes to Alice and Janney for being so good at it. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it's, a, it's an interesting subplot. I'll put yep. it that way. Yep. All right, let's so, take another break. And we got one more thing to talk about, I think. Sounds good. And kind of the last running thread of this episode is Lori's back. She's a fine-looking woman. Stop saying that. So, um, <laughs> you know, we learned that in early on, we learned that Sam is planning on attending Lori's graduation from law school because cool, they're they're friends, and he. We learned through some a bit of expository dialogue that they've actually never slept together again. Uh, so, right. Not after that first time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so, um, you know, Toby says no right I, I yeah think. you cannot go of course yeah. not <laughs> of course, course not. of course of course um, uh which sam then, accepts yeah and, and sam's he's like, like yeah okay. all right i'm i won't go um but then decides to go afterwards uh and say hi and because oops. he has been wangled into doing so by laurie's roommate right okay so yeah the conspiracy runs deep here <laughs> um <laughs> indeed right uh, so, I have here. I have here in my notes. Find someone who answers the phone the way Lori answers it for Sam. Yeah. Because wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hooey. <laughs> like um, even even though their relationship is apparently platonic. Uh, <laughs> and, and she's also like in a library with her girlfriend. Right. She's <laughs> like, hey, baby. <laughs> so um, Sam gets her a gift, which is you know traditional for graduation. He gets her a fucking briefcase. <laughs> Right, the the and, traditional law school uh, graduation gift, as they discuss. Yeah, and so he he is technically correct in that he has not gone to her graduation. Correct, yes. He um, skipped the ceremony. This is much yep. later that night. Uh, What's-her-face uh, and her friend and her are drunk as hell, uh, which is nice, um, because I sure would be if I had just graduated <laughs> yeah, law school, right. too. <laughs> um and uh, and Sam just comes across them, and she's like, "Hey, again, find someone who greets you the way that Lori greets Sam when she sees him, uh, and and hang on to that person for dear life." That's right. Um, she's clearly way into him, and who's to blame her? He's Rob Lowe. He's a uh, very handsome. He's man. young, young, Ooh. handsome Rob Lowe. Um, and so what? It turns out, and they have this interaction. Then there, there's a tense moment where, oh my gosh, a car door slams and it peels right. out. Down the right. street. And Sam goes, did you see anyone get into that car? <laughs> in a real, like, dramatic voice. Yes, and so this is, I was actually just going to say, like, in a very, like, this is a dramatic time. <laughs> right. Because because if, if you weren't almost primed to accept that it was going to be dramatic, it wouldn't be unusual 
at all. Right, it's, it's just, just like, a car leaving. Oh, look, a car's driving away. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that happens literally all the time. <laughs> but yeah, but action music hits, and the camera cuts real quickly, and then we yeah. get, like, a super close-up, and, like, you know, all these tricks to make sure that you, the viewer, understand that this is a big, important thing mm-hmm. of the car leaving. And so, um, that and, so and then we find out that that is a paparazzo... Uh, speeding Ooh. away with a stolen few pictures of Sam uh, hugging and giving a gift to this call, call girl. Yep, and that Slash comes lawyer. out. Everybody finds out about it eventually. Right. Uh, yeah, y- Europe Press gets it first. Like a London tabloid's the first to run with it, which I thought was a nice touch before American yep. Press got it. Um, nowadays, it would just, of course, be all over Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it turns out that Laurie's roommate was... Paid $50,000. By the London tabloid. Exactly, to arrange the meeting. To set all this up and to confirm that she is a call girl. Yeah. As well, to make it, you know, because that's what makes it a story. (laughs) Which, in this day and age, is a great way to get your shit fucked up by various DOJ, FBI, three-letter agents. Right. Um, But, so what ends up happening is Sam and Toby go to the president, explain what the hell happened, and... In a sort of weirdly magnanimous fashion, the president's like, you didn't actually do anything wrong, but we want to send you to the White House Council to make sure. Sure. And otherwise, I'm happy to get the attorney general to basically grant Lori access to the bar. Right. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll make sure she, she gets through the... Again, this sort of cuts back to the whole show's idea of, like, if we solve one person's problem, then we've solved the problem forever. Mm-hmm. Where, like, okay, it's nice for Lori that she gets to go to the bar, but, you know, any other sex workers who are pursuing law school, you know... And, well, and also, they, tits, you know... Tough titties for them. <laughs> we're not going to deal with the cost of law school. We're not going to deal with the fact that the bar exists at all. And is right. some bizarro guild system yeah, for the modern weird age. Yeah, AMA bullshit, you know, yeah. of gatekeeping. And it also, like, it almost sort of, even without this meta-analysis, without people who are, I mean, honestly, people like us who are politically engaged with this stuff. Yeah. The president just fucking comes out and says, like, oh, it's nice to do something good for the prostitutes. <laughs> it's like, motherfucker. God damn it. You could have just said nothing. Like, and been like, I did a good thing today, but no, yeah, we got to qualify it. I know. I was willing to give him points for actually asking for her name instead of just yeah. calling her the girl, uh, which, you know, when the first time this came up, everyone had a habit of calling her the girl and not saying Lori. And uh, I actually wanted to give the president credit because he asked, like, hey, what's her name? Yes. And, and uh, I was like, oh, okay, hey, good for you. But then he has to kill it with that line at the end. God damn. And I was just like, oh, you're I was so like, oh, close. wow, you're actually humanizing and not writing on them off as like, oh, no, never mind. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, well. But, but that's all right. Thanks for because, trying. <laughs> because I believe, much like Mandy... Um, we don't see much we will, of Lori. We will anymore. never see Lori ever again. Yeah. Uh, uh, she so. she will go off to Mandyville to become a lawyer there <laughs> yes. and pass the bar <laughs> in, in the state of Mandyville. Hopefully, she'll be like a public defender in Mandyville. <laughs> in, in Mandyville, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, that about wraps it up for this episode. Pretty um, much. Um, we've got some stuff coming up. It's the finale. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Next episode. Uh, I remember it being quite a good episode of television because it's Absolutely. very exciting. Uh, uh, aren't they dealing with the whole space shuttle thing? Isn't that what's going on pre-shooting? Um, if my if memory serves, 
in in uh, Iron Chef announcer, if memory serves <laughs> right. Um, uh, so I think so. Let's see. I mean, I yes, guess. yes. Uh, Toby tries oh, to right. ignore updates from distressed orbital space shuttle, which includes his brother. This is where we find out his brother is the astronaut. Yep. Um, and then also something about uh, finding a downed American pilot in the Iraqi desert um, before the Iraqi military captures him. Those are the main subplots that go on besides the spoiler alert shooting, shooting. incident uh, that caps off the episode in a most dramatic fashion. Huh. Interesting. The And it says something about they're going to continue the campaign finance reform arc. Interesting. Dude, that'll actually be a, a legitimate long-term serialization. I guess this was the first of their less let Bartlett even be Bartlett. So they yeah. kind of have to see it through. So I'll credit where credit is due. Yeah. And so that's coming up next week, not to spoil it or, or yes. dig in too much on it, but um, hopefully we will be back to our regular schedule. I was out of town for work all this week. So, you know, it's been yes. two episodes in four weeks. So that's, you know, that's what you get. It's the holidays. And honestly, there's only what 35, 40 of you anyway. <laughs> email me <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah there's no there's no problem um where it's good to be back uh we'll uh we'll see we'll we'll see you all next week when we discuss the finale and uh in the meantime feel free to drop a comment in the thread shoot us an email uh and we'll see you all next time stay warm out there especially if you're in the midwest yes and we'll uh, talk and, to you soon have a good one. All bye right, bye. All the money you ask for, but don't ask me to come on along.